This is the show for those who want to live strong in business, life, and family. Welcome to the Warrior Her Podcast. Hey y'all, I'm Emily Dela Cruz. I'm a digital marketing strategist and I love to talk about money, marketing, and mindset. When I graduated from college, I decided that I wanted to make money as easy as possible. So I started a business where I teach entrepreneurs how to make passive income using sales funnels. So I'm from the BX. I was born and raised in the Bronx, went to school at Syracuse um, in New York. So I'm a typical New York girl. You know, I'm used to the fast life. I'm used to having hustle, being on the train, fighting, like doing all the things. (laughs) Um, And, you know, when I grew up, it was I'm Dominican and Puerto Rican. So it was really important for me to not only get an education, but to also excel in my education and in my career so that I can support my family. So a lot of my younger days, if you will, I was always doing the most. I was in a million clubs. I played three sports. I danced. I um, you know, was in like a mock trial, like law program. I did six internships in college. Like just always did the most because I always was betting on myself and being as successful as absolutely possible because I have a family that's depending on me um, and I'm not going to leave this world the same poor way that I came in. So a lot of, you know, growing up, I was, you know, a typical girl, obviously, um, would go to the pool and have fun and things like that. But I think a big part of my childhood and, and my teenage years was full of a lot of responsibility and pressure of knowing like, I have to make it out of here. I have to, you know, make it out of the Bronx and, and more and be more for the people that I love. New York was too expensive, girl. I'm bougie, okay? Um, I'm not trying to be on a train, all right? Um, I just, the, the life in New York, um, the cost of living was just way too high for the kind of life that I wanted to live, uh, which is why I ended up moving to Atlanta uh, five years ago. I just really wanted a change of pace. I always, always growing up, you know, pictured myself like with a white picket fence and a lot of land and a backyard and all the things. Um, and I just knew that in the Bronx, um, in the Bronx proper, right? Because people think like, oh, well, you know, New York, like you can go to Yonkers, like Westchester. It's like, I don't want to go up there. Um, I'm not trying to live in the suburbs, you know, an hour or two outside the city. Like I want to live in a city that also, you know, has the quality of life that I'm looking for. So I always kind of knew that I would leave New York. I just didn't know exactly, you know, where I would end up. So I graduated in 2012. I lived in DC for a year. So I did a short stint. And then I was like, Oh, my gosh, I'm so homesick. Like, I just I can't do this anymore. And I went back home to New York for two years. And then I moved down in 2015 um, to Atlanta. And I've been here since. And is that did you so did you go to school for digital marketing? No. So I studied public relations. Um, and the funny thing was when I was in college, um, the recession had just started and 
the landscape of marketing changed very, very quickly. Like I remember, you know, getting on Twitter and like when Instagram came out and all those things. So as I was studying traditional public relations, which I thought since I was in literally in my yearbook from eighth grade, when it says like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It says public relations practitioner. Like I was not playing games with these hoes. Like I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I like took AP English. Like I just had built up this career, right? Um, this educational career so that when I got to college and I went to Syracuse, which has the one of the best communication school in the country, I thought, you know, I was set. And then I got there and I'm studying public relations and I'm learning like how to write press releases and things like that. And literally my junior year, all of that goes out the window because it's like, we don't need press releases anymore in the same way because now we have Twitter, right? We have Instagram, like now the brands and the celebrities and the people who are in charge of the messaging can communicate it in an instant versus having to develop a press release and send it out on the PR news wires and all those things. Like it was very interesting to see how everything changed. So as the industry started to change, I had to change with it and I had to shift, um, you know, my career interests, I should say. Um, so I ended up in digital marketing just because I was always very, very analytical and I was always good with numbers. Um, and, you know, doing all six of those internships in college, I got to realize like, what I originally thought I was going to do, which was be a fashion publicist and like, you know, see all the shows and like do all the things uh, was actually not fulfilling for me. Uh, it was very vain. It didn't pay well. It was just whack all around. Um, so, you know, I started to pivot and I actually ended up doing marketing for um, healthcare, and I loved it. Like I loved all the numbers and the campaigns and analyzing and traffic and Google analytics, like all the things. And I, you know, I kind of like found my calling, if you will. And I just like stayed in that lane since. So this is something that is very new to me and it's something as the reason why I wanted to have you on my show to educate people better because I, I feel like marketing is a, a big shimmer. <laughs> something I just don't really fully understand. And, uh, you know, I just felt like we needed someone who could, who could really give it the proper definition. So what is digital marketing for people who are listening? Yeah. So what I've noticed that people get confused, right, with with marketing is that, unfortunately, we live in a, in a society currently where information is at our disposal. So everybody that they can do marketing because marketing is just one of the things that's most talked about right now. Um, it's a trend. It's a hot topic. It, it's a it's a quick buck, you know, if you're a coach or whatever. Um, but a lot of people don't understand the fundamentals. So that's what I want to break down. So the first thing that you need to understand is that you have a brand and a brand is the messaging that you decide um, that you want to use to communicate who you are. Right. So McDonald's, for example. McDonald's is known, like when you say the word McDonald's, a bunch of different things come to mind, right? Maybe the Big Mac, maybe Chicken Nuggets, um, maybe um, Ronald McDonald's, right? Like all of those things are part of their brand and how they want to be perceived in the marketplace. But in order for you to know about Ronald McDonald's and in order for you to know that McDonald's has and that they have McChickens and that they have Happy Meals, right? You need marketing. Marketing is how you get 
your brand's message and your brand message is what you as the business decide is the perception that you want people to have of you, right? So often businesses leave branding out of the conversation because they're so focused on marketing. It's like, oh, well, we want to run Facebook ads and we need a website and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, what's going on the ads? Like, what are you seeing on the website? What are you posting on Instagram? Like all of that comes from you understanding and setting the foundation for, for your brand and marketing is just how you get that message out to the masses, right? It's just essentially a communication tool where you let people know, hey, this is why we're different from the competitors and this is why you should buy from us. And so would that then be what brand strategy is or is that something separate? So brand strategy is the process of you developing your brand and how you're going to communicate it, right? So when you sit down and you start to first think about your brand, you want to think about what do you, what your brand personality is, right? Like, how do you show up? Are you sassy? Are you direct? Are you very formal? The way that Wendy's communicates on Twitter is very different from the way that, well, they all trying to do the same thing, but let's say, I don't know, Bank of America, right? Um, you know, the way that the shade room shows up is different from the way Bossip shows up, the way that, you know, is different from the way that BT tweets, right? And that's all intentional, right? So when you think about strategy, you want to think about, okay, how do I need to position myself in the marketplace to win? How, how am I going to position my brand to win? So you want to think about what is your brand's promise, right? What when you say McDonald's, right, you know that you could get food from the dollar menu. That's a brand strategy. If McDonald's said, we want to fast food chain, their brand strategy is then, okay, how do we prove that we're the most affordable fast food chain? Okay, one of our brand strategies is we're going to have a dollar menu and we're going to have two for two or two for three or whatever it is. And we're going to have, you know, 99 cent add-ons, right? So they're is we want to be the most affordable fast food chain, but in the brand strategy, they need to think of, up ways of how they're going to actually hold up that brand promise of being, you know, the most affordable. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, is, so would you say that marketing is like the umbrella and then each of those things fall under the category, under the umbrella and are necessary in order to have like good marketing? No, so it's the opposite. So branding is the umbrella that holds everything together. And then underneath branding, you have marketing, you have employee relations, you have um, press, right? All of the things that impact how people see you and how you communicate your brand message and all of that falls under branding. So branding needs to exist first, and then you have marketing. And then underneath marketing, you have digital marketing and offline marketing and brand activations, right? Like all of the things that live, that we see um, a brand bring to life, right? The things that we see um, that are promoted by a brand all need to stem from that actual brand strategy. Without that brand you won't know how to market. You won't know how to hire your employees. You won't know, um, you know, what charities to donate essentially be lost in the sauce, right? So Nike's 
it has a very strong brand and how they market themselves is dependent upon the brand that they decided, you know, years and years and years ago. And then what is your recommendation for utilizing the different types of marketing, like email marketing versus Facebook ads or Instagram or a million other ways? I'm sure that I don't know. Yeah, so I'm going to keep it really real with you. Um, I think a lot of business owners do themselves a disservice when they try to do it all, right? So a lot of clients, they're experts at care, hair care, um, you know, whatever their product is, whatever their service is, and then they do themselves a disservice, like trying to figure out all of the moving pieces. Um, so my recommendation is, as a business owner, what you need to really, really understand the value proposition that you bring to the marketplace, right? There's 50 million hair care brands. Why do people want to buy yours? Is it the ingredients? Is it the results that they're going to get? Is it, you know, that it cuts their styling routine in half? Is it that you sell 12 ounce bottles for $10 when your competitor sells 12 ounce bottles for $20? Is it, you know, that you have products that are travel friendly, um, non-toxic, vegan, for kids, for color treatment hair, right? I can go down a hour that you need to consider um, when you come up with your marketing. Um, so the emails are fine and the, and the ads and the tweets and the Instagram and all the, the wonderful, but they, because nobody takes the time to sit down and be like, what is my actual value proposition? What's my actual brand promise? And how am I bringing it to life with all the channels? They get so focused on the marketing and so focused on the channels. They're not really saying shit when they get on the channels. Does that make sense? Um, so regardless of what you want to use, whether it's email, whether it's Facebook ads, whether it's Instagram ads, a podcast, YouTube, write a book, um, trade show, conferences, speaking, there are 10,000 million, you know, marketing news, but what's important is understanding what is the message that you're trying to triumph through those channels whenever you settle upon that one. Do you have a preference or like a favorite marketing? Uh, not per se. Um, I go where the money goes. So every brand is in form on every platform, right? There's some brands that kill it on Instagram. There's some brands that work great on Twitter. There are other email there. Some of my clients, like, you know, they don't even email, they send texts. Um, I know like my friend Abu who has a Facebook ads accelerator, he doesn't really do emails. He just, you know, focuses on ads. Um, so every single business is going to be different, which is why it's important for you to, to understand the foundation of your brand, because that's going to help you um, decide on your platform, right? So for example, one of my clients, um, we have an older female audience, right? So our audience is 35 plus. And because they're 35 plus, um, a lot of them actually like into their 40s and 50s, they're not really into the chat bots or like email and stuff like that. They're like, I want to pick up the phone and talk to somebody because that's the generation that I come from. The generation that I come from, when I need a customer service request, I pick up the phone and I wait on hold and I talk to Sally and Sally fixes my problem, right? So 
you have to understand who your consumer is so that you can sell them and market to them um, in a way that resonates with them. There are a lot of people, for example, like Gen Z, right? They have very, very short attention spans. So it doesn't make sense for me to write a white paper, right? Which is super popular in a lot of business to business um, marketing strategies. Um, you know, a white paper that explains a topic over 40 pages in a PDF, like they're not in on a 60 second TikTok video. Um, so you have to be very understanding of who your audience is and where they are and how they naturally communicate and how they naturally receive information. And then from there, you can decide on like what your best marketing and advertising channels are so that you can get the most return on your investment. And you talked, you actually, you posted a video on your Instagram and you were discussing like various email marketing methods. Can you discuss the importance of those? Yeah. So when you have a email marketing strategy, you want to think about how, yes, you can attract customers, but also how you can keep your customers. So one email sequence that you want to have is you want to make sure that you're welcoming your customers, that you're onboarding the customers, if you will. So when somebody first gets on your email list, how are you introducing them? How do they understand who you are and what it is that you have to offer? And then as you continue to tell your brand story and communicate your value, the goal is that they're going to purchase, right? But then after the purchase, you don't want to have to keep going out and getting new people and convincing them to buy from you all over again. If you've convinced somebody one time, it's much easier to convince them to buy from you again, right? So when consumers are considering who to purchase from, they're to purchase from what they already know and what has worked for them much faster than they will a totally brand new company. So a lot of people focus so much on customer acquisition that they forget about, you know, actually upselling and reselling their current customers. And I'm Emily and I sell soap, right? So somebody joins my email list because I told them that they're going to get 10% off on their first order. Their first email is, hey, here's your 10% off code. And here's a little blurb about how we're a family owned um, soap company. And I started this all natural soap company because my daughter has eczema. And this was the only thing that fixed her skin issues. Right now you understand like my brand story. Now you understand where I started from and the fact that I'm trying to solve a problem, which is eczema. Okay, cool. Then in the next email, you're like five skin conditions that my soap has helped cure eczema psoriasis acne rashes i guess i do whatever right like you you start to position your brand promise and your brand value and explain like why does your soap matter i don't care that your soap is made with oatmeal i don't care that your soap is made with honey i don't care that your soap is 10 ounces i care about if i use this soap how is my life going to be better how am i going to solve a problem that i have in my life right then you continue to have that conversation of, hey, here's an incentive, 10% off, free shipping, buy one, get one, whatever it is. And then I'm also weaving in my brand story. And then I'm also weaving in the solutions that my product is offering, right? Once they finally buy the soap for that, then my job is not to go off and find more people to buy 
soap that first time is for me to set up another email sequence to resell them or upsell them. Hey, you bought this soap. So I can assume that you probably have some sort of skin condition, right, that you're trying to fix. So in addition to soap, I made this lotion that's also great for eczema, psoriasis, acne. Oh, and by the way, I also have this sunscreen that doesn't break you out. Oh, and by the way, I also have this other thing that works for your problem, right? So you essentially keep making recommendations now that you know what they're looking for a solution for. Then you also have to think about reselling them, right? So if they bought a soap in January, you can assume that probably by February 15th, they've used that bar of soap. So you're sending them an email now to say, hey, um, if you reorder soap X, we'll give you um, free shipping or you can you don't even have to incentivize them. You could just remind them, hey, um, it's time to order your new soap. It's time to reorder whatever it's time to fashion nova does it all the time it's like it's time to shop for an interview it's time to shop because it's friday it's time to shop because it's mother's day it's time to shop so they keep reminding you of reasons why you need to keep filling up your closet with their clothes right so when you think about email marketing email marketing is a way for you to commute to continue to communicate why the customer needs you why do they need you to solve their problem and then why do they need to purchase from you right now um so marketing um, and how you're going to use it for your brand you want to sit down and first think about okay who are who is my customer what problems am i solving for them how am i communicating that problem how am i creating urgency for them to buy from me now and then after they do that then you want to think about, okay, once I have my customers, where do I go from here? What else can I recommend? What else can I sell? What else um, can I remind them of so that I can continue to bring them back into my store? As online business owners, we don't have the luxury of people walking by and just seeing you on the street, right? We don't have the luxury of people coming into the store. Um, so it's your job to keep bringing them back to your digital store via email. And so what if you have or have you maybe had experience with a business owner, like maybe they only have one product? Where do they go from there? Um, all right, sis, well, do you want to make money or no? Because every successful business needs to have a suite of products, right? Like, I don't know any business that's like, we just sell this one thing, right? The Snuggie, for example, that's one of my favorite marketing case studies. It's like they had the Snuggie, right? And the Snuggie popped off. And then what did they do? They didn't necessarily create a new product, but they created the Snuggie that's branded with collegiate teens, the Snuggie that's tie-dye, the Snuggie that's zebra print, the Snuggie that's pink, the Snuggie that's blue for the husband, the Snuggie for the baby, right? So they took one product and they developed a suite of options so that they can sell to multiple people at a time. So all of my clients, when I work with them in um, my sales funnel service, we always think about, okay, what's the upsell, the downsell, um, what's the cross-sell, right? Because for example, one of my clients right now, she has a juice company, right? So she does a seven-day juice cleanse. But let's say that people don't want to pay that $175 for a seven-day juice cleanse. All right, we can sell them a three-day juice cleanse. Oh, they don't want the three-day juice cleanse? Cool. We'll teach them a how to juice at home guide. Okay, they don't want to juice at home? Cool. We'll send them wellness shots. Oh, they don't want wellness shots? That's okay. We'll sell them consultations. So you always have to be thinking about if people don't want what I have right now, or if people 
can't afford it, um, or if people don't see the value in this particular thing, how can I solve the problem in another way, right? The My full-time job, which is I'm the digital man, marketing manager at the lip bar, the lip bar started off just selling lipstick, right? Then they moved from lipstick to liquid matte lipstick. Then they moved into lip gloss. Then they moved into bronzer. Now we have a whole full um, line of makeup, right? So if you want to grow as a brand, it is your responsibility to figure out how to keep solving problems. If not, you're going to eventually reach a cap and you're going you're gonna to be out of business. You know, so you can sell one type of product, but that product needs to come in various forms and come with various options. Or you need to think about complementary products that work to solve the same problem for that consumer that you have. And what exact services does your company provide? So I am a sales funnel um, strategist, if you will. So the only thing that I do is I help people develop their sales funnels, right? And to your point, I don't have just one product because not everybody can pay me, you know, $3,500 to build out their funnel. So I have my first funnel accelerator, which is a course that's $500 that people can take and they can learn how to build their own funnel. You don't want to spend $500. You can go on Amazon and purchase my profit planner for $20. And you can read the book and do that part yourself. You don't want to do that. I have information. You can go on Easy Simple Marketing on Instagram and you can watch my IGTV videos. You don't want to do that. You want to pick my brain. Then you can sign up for a consultation and I'll give you the strategy and build it. But everything that I offer has to do with a sales funnel. Um, and how you're going to get your customers from being browsers and from being just interested to actually being buyers who invest in your product or service. Um, so I don't do anything like branding related. I don't run Facebook ads for people. I don't do any of that. I just focus on sales funnels, right? Like how are we getting people on your email list? How are we getting people to your website? What are the email sequences that they're going to get? What's the brand story that we're telling? What's the sales page saying? How are we going to upsell them? How are we going to downsell them? How are we going to resell them? Um, and like I said, I can either do it for you, I can do it with you, or you can do it yourself. And what made you pursue that specific route? Um, I don't think that's my expertise, right? Like that's what I do in corporate America. And what I realized was, you know, there are multi-million dollar brands who have nailed down branding and marketing and sales funnels and marketing automation and customer acquisition. Um, but the everyday small business owner has no idea because they're not corporate marketers, right? Like I said earlier, and because, you know, you're not a corporate marketer, there's so much information that you don't know. So as I started to talk about marketing and blog about marketing in 2012, um, I noticed that, you know, the bulk of business owners just didn't, didn't understand what a sales funnel was and why it was important and why every business has one. Um, and I guess it was, it was one of those things where I guess it was just like divine timing, if you will, where I kind of was like, okay, what can I do to help business owners? But also, what am I good at? Because people love to be focused on like, what's cool and what's trendy, right? So like, right now, everybody's a Facebook ad expert, like everybody teaches Facebook ads, because Facebook ads is one of the easiest marketing strategies to implement, right? But 
If you have an amazing Facebook ad and you're driving traffic to a sales page that doesn't communicate your brand value, that doesn't communicate your brand promise, that doesn't talk about the solution that you're solving for your customer, right? Then you're going to be wasting money on Facebook ads to send people to a website that doesn't convert. And then once you're on their website, right, let's say that you do get them on your email list. If you don't have the right email set up, you're never going to make a sale, right? So I found that sales funnels was just like the gap that was missing in the marketing realm um, of services, right? People will help, will tell you how to get customers. People will tell you how to build your website. People will tell you how to, how to set up your brand, but nobody was really talking about, okay, what happens after I get the customers? What happens after I get the traffic? What happens after I go viral on Instagram? After, you know, I get 10,000 followers, after all those things happened, then what, right? And nobody was answering the question. So I decided, okay, you know what? I started first talking about branding. Um, and then I moved out of branding into just niche, niching down into sales funnels. Um, because branding is easy for you to figure out um, because you have to know the essence of your brand as a business owner. But sales funnels was just something that I'm like, I need to bring corporate marketing strategies and the things that like multi-million dollar brands are doing to the everyday consumer, right? And that's really how my business and, and my book and my course and everything came to be because I was like, okay, well, how can I get this information that I do day to day, right? Managing a half a million dollar Facebook ads budget, but how can I bring like what we do in the office every single day um, throughout my whole career to the everyday business owner? So do you think that without a half a million dollar marketing budget, you can still be as effective? There's people that are effective with zero dollars of a marketing budget, right? There's people that go viral on Instagram because they create cool content. There's other people who know people and they end up, you know, being published in an online magazine, right? They get featured in Forbes, they get featured in Allure, they get featured, you know, on Business Insider. So you don't need money to be successful at marketing, but you do need common sense, right? You do need to know where is your customer and how can I get in front of my customer? So you can, for example, if I have a flat tire shop, right? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go sit in Atlanta, on the city that has the most potholes, because I know eventually there's going to be a car that's going to roll down that street, get stuck in a pothole, and they're going to need me to change their flat tire. That didn't require me to run Facebook ads. That didn't require me to spend money on a billboard. I put myself where my customer is, right? If I sell food, I'm going to go where people are. If I sell a service, right, I'm going to go where people need that. So a lot of people get discouraged because they think their mindset is off, right? Like before we even talk about budget, like when you talk about mindset and most business owners don't show up for their business because they've already convinced themselves that they don't have the money, the resources, the smarts, the background, whatever to be successful. Right. And when you've already convinced yourself that it's not going to work or when you approach your business with doubt and people lie all the time, like, Oh, I'm so, I believe in my business. Sis, you don't because you show you half ass the way that you show up for your business and you um who was it that said it oh my friend maddie jane said this like consistency is your lack of consistency is just showing like where you here 
right? So the reason why you don't go live and you don't post consistently on Instagram and you don't do all the things that are free to your disposal right now to market your business is because you really actually probably either don't believe in your business or you don't believe in yourself, right? And if you don't have that by any means, like hustle and that mindset and that mentality of like, I'm going to get it however I have to get it. It doesn't matter if you have a million dollar budget because there's people, like I said, with million dollar budgets who don't understand what their brand is, who don't understand their consumer and they're wasting money because guess what? These ads are falling on deaf ears and eyes, right? So I always tell people start with $5 a day which is about $150 a month with Facebook advertising. Once you figure out like what works, what ads are working, what messaging is working, what's getting you the most clicks, what's getting you the most conversions, then you can look to start to increase based upon your revenue, right? Well, let's say business X has $0, right, right now they start an Instagram account they or they start on Twitter or they get on YouTube or they start their podcast or they go out in the street, like I said, and they find their customer. They spend some months interacting with that customer, figuring out their customer needs, figuring out what works, what they want, et cetera, right? They become an expert for their customer. Once they have all of that information, then they hopefully should have a bit of money, right? Some sort of money that they can then invest in amplifying their message, right? So now that, you know, you want to start advertising or like I said, you maybe it's a billboard, maybe it's an ad um, in a printed magazine. There, there are lots of different channels, but you have this money and you want to start advertising. Once you understand your consumer, you'll know where to put your money. You'll know if you need to boost Twitter posts. You'll know if you need to do Facebook advertising, you'll know if you need to put a billboard, right? And then you can start to work towards that. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with you organically building your business because that's how I built my business. I built my business absolutely 1000% organic. Um, I, run, I ran Facebook ads mm, maybe for a three month period. And it wasn't as successful as it is when I just post an IGTV on my Instagram, right? So and that's why metrics are important because you could be doing ads, but there could be something else that works better, right? Last year, I made $103,000 in my business, right? Most of it went to coaching so that I could get my mindset together. Most of that revenue went to my employees. Most of that revenue went to um, me understanding my target market, right? So investing more in like... Hello. Today's episode is sponsored by Wincon Investment Properties, a female-owned real estate company aimed at changing the way that we look at affordable housing, making design and customization available to all people with all budgets. If you're interested, check out more at RinconInvestmentProperties.com. So do you think that without a half a million dollar marketing budget, you can still be as effective? There's people that are effective with zero dollars of a marketing budget, right? There's people that go viral on Instagram because they create cool content. There's other people who know people and they end up, you know, 
being published in an online magazine, right? They get featured in Forbes, they get featured in Allure, they get featured, you know, on Business Insider. So you don't need money to be successful at marketing, but you do need common sense, right? You do need to know where is your customer and how can I get in front of my customer? So you can, for example, if I have a flat tire shop, right? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go sit in Atlanta on the city that has the most potholes because I know eventually there's going to be a car that's going to roll down that street, get stuck in a pothole, and they're going to need me to change their flat tire. That didn't require me to run Facebook ads. That didn't require me to spend money on a billboard. I put myself where my customer is, right? If I sell food, I'm going to go where people are. If I sell a service, right, I'm going to go where people need that so a lot of people get discouraged because they think their mindset is off, right? Like before we even talk about budget, like we need to talk about mindset and most business owners don't show up for their business because they've already convinced themselves that they don't have the money, the resources, the smarts, the background, whatever to be successful, right? And when you've already convinced yourself that it's not going to work or when you approach your business with doubt and People lie all the time, like, oh, I'm so, I believe in my business. Sis, you don't, because you show, you half ass the way that you show up for your business. And you, um, who was it that said it? Oh, my friend Maddie Jane said this like, consistency is your lack of consistency is just showing like where you appear, right? So the reason why you don't go live and you don't post consistently on Instagram and you don't do all the things that are free to your disposal right now to market your business is because you really actually probably either don't believe in your business or you don't believe in yourself, right? And if you don't have that by any means, like hustle and that mindset and that mentality of like, I'm gonna get it however I have to get it, it doesn't matter if you have a million dollar budget because there's people, like I said, with million dollar budgets who don't understand what their brand is, who don't understand their consumer and they're wasting money because guess what? These ads are falling on deaf ears and eyes, right? So I always tell people start with $5 a day, which is about $150 a month with Facebook advertising. Once you figure out like what works, what ads are working, what messaging is working, what's getting you the most clicks, what's getting you the most conversions, then you can look to start to increase based upon your revenue, right? Well, let's say business X has zero dollars, right? Right now. They start an Instagram account, they or they start on Twitter, or they get on YouTube, or they start their podcast, or they go out in the street, like I said, and they find their customer. They spend some months interacting with that customer, figuring out their customer needs, figuring out what works, what they want, etc. Right? They become an expert for their customer. Once they have all of that information, then they hopefully should have sort of money, right? Some sort of money that they can then invest in amplifying their message, right? So now that, you know, you want to start advertising or like I said, you maybe it's a billboard, maybe it's an ad um, in a printed magazine. There, there are lots of different channels, but you have this money and you want to start advertising. Once you understand your consumer, you'll know where to put your money. You'll know if you need to boost Twitter posts. You'll know if you need to do Facebook advertising, you'll know if you need to put a billboard, right? And then you can start to work towards that. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with you organically building your business because that's how I built my business. I 
build my business absolutely 1000% organic. Um, I've run, I ran Facebook ads mm, maybe for a three month period. And it wasn't as successful as it is when I just post an IGTV on my Instagram, right? So and that's why metrics are important because you could be doing ads, but there could be something else that works better, right? Last year, I made $103,000 in my business, right? Most of it went to coaching so that I could get my mindset together. Most of that revenue went to my employees. Most of that revenue went to um, me understanding my target market right so investing more in like hello i was actually shocked because last year i started working full-time again i just decided that i love corporate america and that's a whole conversation for another day um but you know i don't believe that because god gifted me with you know, entrepreneurial wits and, you know, marketing know, know how that I just have to be an entrepreneur. So um, I went back to working full time last May. And when I went back to working full time, that obviously limited a lot of the time that I could spend on my business. So I was absolutely shocked that I still ended up making six figures, even though, you know, I wasn't able to dedicate the amount of time and produce, um, how I usually do, you know, how I had been producing for the, for the three years prior to that. Um, so when I looked at my profit and loss statement and I looked at, you know, my expenses, a big chunk of my expenses went to coaching. You know, I had a coach that I paid $1,500 a month for who really got my mindset together, who really um, helped me to understand how to run a business like a corporate entity, right? Not just like, oh, you know, we show up and like we do the thing and we go, but it's just like, okay, how are you doing? You know, um, how are you forecasting? How are you understanding like when to hire more developers? Like as your business grows, um, how how's your mindset? Like, do you actually believe, you know, what you can accomplish? And I started to do a lot of inner work, right? And once I took a look like at my profit and loss statement, I was, you know, just so grateful that I invested in mindset because had I thought that Facebook ads was going to solve my problem, I would have been severely disappointed, right? I would have been severely disappointed spending money um, somewhere that wasn't giving me the return on investment that I wanted, right? So what I realized was after I ran Facebook ads for a couple of months was that I was getting more customers from referrals from my past clients or from people who like would see my IGTVs or would see my Instagram stories, which were free, than you know what I was paying to try to get customers on the internet. Um, and that's why I'm such a, a big advocate for understanding customer retention and reselling and upselling because a lot of the people who became my one-on-one clients were people who had purchased my book in 2015, people who had taken my $25 masterclasses, people who followed me on social media, right? So me knowing how to continue that relationship and upsell them into something more expensive and upsell them into the next product or into the next service is really what um, 
what fuels my business is really what drives my revenue. Um, so had I been focused on, oh, I'm just going to spend hundreds of or thousands of dollars every single month to try to find new customers online because I have a scarcity mindset and I think that there aren't enough customers for everybody, um, I would have done myself a disservice and I probably would not have been, um, you know, in the in the in the green. I would have been in the red. So when I think about what's important for people to understand uh, about like budgets and marketing. It's like that you are enough. You have everything inside of you. If God put the idea um, into your soul, if God put the idea in your mind, trust and believe that God also gave you the resources to, to have it come to fruition. And oftentimes it's not a matter of how good can I get at marketing? It's about how much can I trust myself and how much can I believe that there's more for me than this, right? I had to believe that I could have a six-figure business on a part-time basis. I had to believe that I could run a business and work for it. I had to believe that I could, you know, invest in real estate. I had to believe that I could learn how to trade Forex. I had to believe those things. If I didn't believe them, I would have I would have never been successful, right? And I think that sense of belief and that sense of of confidence is what's lacking in a lot of, of business owners. And then we start to get, you know, pushed on with Facebook ads and Instagram or whatever, like, oh, you need this course and you need this and you need that and you need that. And then we start to listen to everybody but ourselves and we start to to listen to everybody but God. And then we wonder why we're confused and why we're lost. And it's because we're overloaded with information and we are underwhelmed with what we've actually accomplished, right? So it's very, very important that we start to think about how can I focus on what I can do right now? How can I focus on what I can accomplish with the resources that I have at my disposal? Maybe you don't have the budget. Maybe you don't have the this. Maybe you don't have the that. But you have the idea and that's enough. So start from there. And kind of piggybacking off that what other I guess that was kind of one piece of advice then so what other two other pieces of advice that you could give those listening on starting their own digital marketing business yeah so I'll summarize it then right so the first piece of advice was get to know your customer for free right so put yourself wherever your customer is so that you become an expert on your customer. Once you understand your customer better than your competitors, you're always going to win because your marketing is always going to be superior and better than everybody else's, right? That's the first thing. The second thing that you need to focus on is your mindset, right? So what is it? What are your limiting beliefs? What is it that I believe that's actually holding me back from being able to perform at the level that I know is required for me to be successful? What is it that's keeping me from being excellent, right? What lies am I telling myself? What lies am I believing about myself and my abilities or my business that's stopping me from showing up how I actually need to show up to be successful, right? And then the third thing that you need to think about is, okay, now we're going to talk about marketing, right? Because we talked about customers, we talked about mindset, and now we're going to talk about marketing. When you think about marketing, the only way that you're going to win at marketing is by understanding how to communicate your to your customer what the solution is. So anytime you send a post, anytime you send an email, anytime you develop an ad, anytime you want to put up a billboard, you have to think about how is this communicating that I'm solving a problem for my customer. And you might say, well, Emily, 
I sell clothes. I have a boutique. I don't solve a problem. You do solve a problem. Maybe your boutique is the boutique that solves, you know, a last minute um, outfit issue for somebody because you have super fast shipping. Or maybe your boutique is for girls who um, like to dress super fancy for work. Like maybe, you know, whatever they sell at like New York and Company and JCPenney and Ann Taylor Loft isn't doing, for, doing it for them. So you're like the contemporary cool girl professional boutique. Or maybe you're the girl that sells, you know, um, beautiful clothes at affordable prices. So with $50, you could come in here and get two outfits, right? That's all solutions to somebody's problem, right? Whether it's finding the right type of outfit, finding something that they can afford, finding something that's going to come fast, right? All of those are parts of your brand that you want to consider ahead of time. And then when you market it, then you want to think about, okay, how can I let as many people know that this is what I offer, right? So then that changes how you post, that changes how you interact, that changes how you do your client calls, because you're coming from a place of service. You're doing them a favor by existing as a business. They're not doing you a favor by paying you money, right? And there's this book called The Science of Getting Rich, and it talks about how you know, part of getting rich is understanding the exchange of money and how money just circulates from valuable thing to valuable thing, right? So if you look at your business as this thing that provides value to somebody, you're going to go hard for it because you're not going to be ashamed like, oh, maybe I'm charging too much or maybe nobody cares. It's like, no, I'm doing y'all a favor by having this business because I'm solving a problem for you guys. It is a privilege for you to pay me. It is a privilege for you to be able to exchange your money for this thing that I sell. I am providing you value. And because I'm providing you value, you are then providing me money. And we are both doing a mutual exchange of energy, right? And when you start to look at your business like that, then you stop, you stop being timid and you stop being afraid and you stop being afraid to go live and you stop making up excuses about why your website and why this and why that because you're like no like this shit is so good like I need to tell more people about it so I'm not ashamed to go put a table on my front lawn and tell people about my hair products because I know all these bald-headed people they won't blow their edges back I'm not afraid to stand at the mall and hand out flyers because I know that my gym is gonna get people to lose weight that they've never been able to lose in the last 30 years of their life I'm not afraid to go to a conference and give everybody my business cards because I know that when they go to my boutique, they're going to be able to find an outfit that's going to give them more confidence than anything that they've ever tried on at any of these chain retailers, right? Like when you get that serious and that hype about your shit, like nobody can tell you anything, right? So it's all about understanding how your consumer, your mindset, and your marketing all work together to make you successful. Yeah. And just to add on, you know, they talk a lot about, I, I talk to a lot of investors, but just business people in general. And a lot of the women I've had on my podcast, I think there's a common theme too, that a lot of times if you're not willing to invest in yourself, it's a scarcity mindset, right? Because you're afraid. Like if I, if I invest this $3,500 to get this service from Emily, what if, right? What if I don't make that back instead of I'm going to invest in this because I know I'm going to make this back tenfold. Exactly. That's exactly it. it's a it's a scary thing and I think that you know you see it if you think in a a very realistic example 
a lot of like, look at, you know, what happened with restaurants. Um, you know, my husband works a lot in restaurant, the restaurant industry, computer systems and stuff. And he, you know, he, he goes to a lot of different restaurants and he'll tell me like their restaurants are falling apart. And it's just, it's funny to me because it's not really funny, but ironic that you went through all the steps to invest all this money into your business. Why not fix the chairs? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Why not put up a new sign? You know, why not do that? And it, it, it is, it's just scarcity. I feel like at the end of the day, if you're not willing to invest to make your business better, then your business is not going to be better. Yep. And I love that you mentioned that because what cracks me up is so one of my favorite all-time favorite shows is called Bar Rescue. Um, it's on Paramount, which used to be Spike. Why they changed these channel names, I don't know. But more of the story is um, it's uh, John Taffer. He's a bar consultant and he goes into all these failing bars and he helps to turn them around. So he'll invest in them. Like he'll redo, um, you know, the design. He'll redo the menu and all the things, right? Every single damn episode, I'm like, let me see if I understand this correctly. Y'all have seen the 20 seasons of Bar Rescue before. Y'all know that John's gonna go in there and tell you that your bar is dirty, that your chairs are whack, that your menu is trash, right? And you didn't think at any point in time, like before you went bankrupt, that maybe you should have tried to replace the chairs or that you should have replaced the liquor or that you should have got your, you know what I'm saying? So it's when you were saying that, I was cracking up because. It's so true. Like people will let themselves like get all the way like to the end instead of like fixing the small problems that come up on the journey, right? And like, you know, making those investments and and putting the money where they need to improve. So that's why I said like, I don't believe that every single business owner needs to try to become a marketing expert because that's just not your lane, right? Like if you are an expert at making hair products, like make the hair product, right? Um, But what's, what I think, like you said, a lot of people don't, not only do they think that they're not going to make the money back, right? Um, they also don't think that they're going to make any more money. So that's where also where the marketing mindset comes in. It's like, oh, well, if I spend $3,500, I don't know if I'm going to even make $3,500 in my business, right? So you need to be confident enough in your revenue generation to understand when is when there is time to invest in certain things. But I always tell my my clients, like, if you do not have the $3,500, like, if it's going to hurt you, because um, I do a payment plan, um, so I do uh, one portion up front and then two monthly payments of $1,500. So I do $500 deposit and then um, two monthly payments. So what kills me is when you are trying to figure out, should I invest in something, right? If it kills you in your gut like if in your heart of hearts you believe like oh my god like this is my last like i don't know if i'm gonna make this back you have no business investing in it right because when you invest in it you're probably not gonna do the work right that's why people price premium stuff so high right now courses are five thousand ten thousand dollars you know because people want to increase the price to make sure that you have skin in the game that you are going to hold yourself accountable that you're going to do the work like if it really really feels super uncomfortable to invest you probably don't a have the the mindset and b your business probably isn't in a place to invest in that in the first place you probably need to do a little bit more work you probably need to do a little bit more hustle right which is what i mentioned earlier maybe you do need to go 
hand out flyers. Maybe you do need to go do trade shows. Maybe you need to sit at a bazaar or a farmer's market or go live on Instagram every day, right? Like maybe you need to start showing up for your business more so that you can get to a place where you feel comfortable to make the investment. So I never tell people like, you need to take your last because if not, no, like if you really feel like you cannot make the investment and it's not because of fear, it's because of the facts. And the facts is that this costs $3,500 and your bank account says that you make $500 a month in your business, then no, you're not ready to invest in that service. Don't stretch yourself and put it on a credit card and do all this other stuff that's going to hinder you financially. Instead, think about, okay, what can I do in the meantime? How can I still work in the meantime to be able to get the money to pay for the service, right? You're always able to attract whatever it is that you want to attract, but you need to think about how what form it's coming to you in, right? Just because I want to attract a million dollars doesn't mean that I'm going to win the lotto. It might mean that I need to help 100,000 people with my service, or it might mean that I need to, you know, sell 2 million copies of my book, right? So I need to be open to receiving the resources that I want to accomplish things in my life in different ways, right? Money and opportunities and things don't always show up in plain sight. We have to be open enough to be able to identify how they come and and go through the phases of our business um, that are required. Like I went from making, you know, $5,000 to $40,000 a year to $65,000 a year to $100,000 a year. But imagine if the first year that I made $5,000 and only three people showed up to my first telewebinar, which is what it was called, um, you know, what if I would have given up, right? Then I wouldn't be here having six-figure years. So it's important for you to, to understand that this stuff takes time, but while you're growing and while you're, you're wanting to expand and do all the things that you see everybody doing on Instagram, you have to be able to to get it out the mud and hustle and do the things that are required in those first couple of years to have the capital to invest to in being able to scale and grow your business, you know, to the level that you want to grow it to. Yeah. And you know, what else is, is just to, to keep going. Like, I think that's such a big lesson and probably the most common theme outside of kind of failing forward with my guest is just if you just keep going it is inevitable for you not to be successful mm-hmm. right you're I mean there's a little more to it than that but you know not not quitting and learning right learning to pivot learning from your mistakes and and just continuing to learn and you'll be successful I believe that and I think it's it's something that it's uh, to add to what we were saying before about the restaurants, just that uh, you can be comfortable in an uncomfortable mm-hmm. place and people want to stay there because it's comfortable, right? So not investing into whatever it is for your business or for yourself, it's comfortable there, right? You know it, you're familiar with it. But if, I, if I'm going to pay Emily to be my coach or I'm going to go pay this mindset coach or a mentor or anybody, right? whether it's $5 or $5,000, you're comfortable where you are. So you have to be willing to get uncomfortable. And I feel like I, it's my goal in life to put myself in as many uncomfortable situations as possible. 
because it helps me grow. Absolutely. You have to get uncomfortable, right? Like everything worth having comes from a place of discomfort, right? When you think about nature, right? It's like the most beautiful thing that you can do as a woman is have a child. It comes from the most painful and uncomfortable thing that you probably ever experienced, which is childbirth, right? So it's just like, if we know the facts are that a lot of things are built from pain and from pressure, why do we run from it so like vehemently, right? Like, why are we so afraid to be uncomfortable? And again, that's why I always focus on mindset because whenever I, so I'll give you an example. Right now, um, I'm in investment property, right? terrified, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, well, like, what if I don't get tenants? And what if this? And what if that? And like, you know, what if I end up having two mortgages? And then what, you know, so I start to like, go down this rabbit hole of doubt, right? And it's just like, I had to sit down with myself and ask myself, like, why are you afraid of being uncomfortable? Right? Why are you so afraid of it maybe not working out? Right? And then I have to think about, okay, because I'm a Latina, from the Bronx. My grandparents have owned their house for over 30 years. It's still not paid off. I come from a family of social workers. Like I was out earning my most of my family two years after, after graduation, right? So it's like, I had to deal with the fact that, you know what, I felt like maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't a space that I can play. In. Maybe this isn't really possible for me because of where I come from. And had I not sat down with myself and thought about like, why am I so afraid of this next step? Why am I so afraid to be uncomfortable? I would have never unpacked it and connected it to, you know, the real root, which is I don't feel worthy that I, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I deserve that. I don't feel like I'm good enough to have that. Right. And then I have to work through those, those challenges. Right. And when we face fear and when we confront fear head on, we're able to understand fear is actually coming from and then fix it so that it never happens again right and i am a big 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 proponent of therapy for this reason because we have to learn how to become introspective we look externally for so many answers and yes coaches are great and mentors are great and all of that are absolutely necessary but if you don't learn how to look into yourself and really understand what are the barriers that you are holding yourself behind from being able to accomplish what you want. There is no coach. There is no service provider. There is no course. There is no anybody that's going to be able to um, to fix an internal problem. There's no external solution to an internal problem, only internal ones. Have you ever heard of imposter yep. syndrome? Mm-hmm. Okay. That was what I was thinking of when you... Uh... I feel like it's it's definitely I mean, it is statistically more common for people who have who come from like minority backgrounds or they're poor or which I'm like, check, 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 check. Damn, bitch, you got some work to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got a lot of things I check off myself. But I think that's also what's important about this podcast is that a lot of times, you know, just being able to talk to other women. It really makes you realize that we all have a very similar story and we struggle with the same types of things Mm -hmm. a lot of times and women run the world yeah yeah (laughs) we know it (laughs) 
we know it. We're just waiting for the rest of the world to catch up. Yeah. And but tell listeners it. where they can find you. Yeah. Me. So they can find me on um, Instagram, Twitter. I'm at Emily Dela Cruz across the board. Um, so it's E-M-M-E-L-I-E Dela Cruz. Um, type that into any of your lovely local uh, social media networking channels and you'll find me on there. I also have a podcast called Culture and Coins. We're currently on break for the summer, but we'll be back in the fall with more episodes. And there we talk about um, money more in depth and finances. Um, And my co-host George is amazing. I love him so much. Um, So he is a financial planner. So he really likes to get into like the nitty gritty of like money and investments and stuff like that versus me who, you know, brings a little bit more of like that pop culture um, and that mindset to the mix. So those are the places where you can find me. I hope one of these days um, I get back on the IG live train right now, everybody and their mama's going live. So I've taken a break, but um, hopefully you can, you guys can connect with me on there soon. Thanks for listening to the Warrior Her podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another fun episode. Go like, subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Until next time, warriors, remember, girls really do run the world.